0: Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
1: Welcome
2: back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another amazing guest joining us, Michael Dissolvo in English. Michael Dissolvo, please tell our audience the Italian last name how do you say it yes it'd be michael di salvo oh, and beautiful it's um, beautiful
3: well you know in, in <laughs> italy there's a lot of di um prefixes it just means of like de in spanish mm-hmm. and um you know i I've, I've, I've heard a little bit about my family history it's pretty interesting but not as interesting as we'll see as my wife's family history which is kind of mm-hmm. part of my conversion story
2: and that's why you're here today, to talk about your conversion story, your life as a Christian, as well as coconutcountryliving.com. There's a lot of wonderful things we're going to talk about today. Before we get into that specifically, please, like you said, tell us a little bit more about your faith journey, your wife, all of those, those stories you were telling me about.
3: Sure. Okay, well, it is a long story, but um, you know, I believe Grace does begin at baptism. And uh, there's interesting passages in the scripture that talk about this laver of regeneration. And um, I grew up what you would call Roman Catholic, at least most people would call Roman Catholic. And, you know, I, I had special moments with God. I, I really needed God to support me through um, a lot of my health issues. So my stomach was a, 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 an issue from a young age um so i would get so nervous so anxious about silly things um the first day of school i would get so physically nauseous i couldn't go to school um even mm-hmm. on my birthday i would get very anxious and nauseous and i wasn't sure what to do like my, my grandma mother was a very loving caring person but i would get uh, self-conscious like should i hug my grandma should i shake her hand i don't know what to do mm-hmm. and um, a lot of times this anxiety really, you know, paralyzed me in different ways. And I would just end up in the school office, uh, telling my mom who was a volunteer nurse there about my stomach ache. And, you know, later, later on, re- I reflected on my, my childhood. I don't think that was normal to, uh, to get so anxious, to get so physically sick for very small reasons. And I do, I do think, uh, some of this recent controversy we've seen lately with, um, these medical procedures has something to do with my, my childhood and how sick I ultimately got. Um, so so basically, um, there was different moments in my life when I, I, I wanted to know God, I wanted to be closer to God. But the basic message I was getting in my church was kind of, I'm okay, you're okay and god's gonna invite everyone to heaven in the end so don't don't worry about it too much um but when my health finally completely fell apart i began to question that and uh that was my senior year in high school um i was beginning to get stronger and become a better basketball player i i didn't even make you know my, my freshman team my jv team my high school team, but I did mm-hmm. make the YMC, YMCA team.
2: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
3: so I was pretty proud of myself. They actually gave me a scholarship and I'm like, well, may, maybe I can beat Michael Jordan one day after all. <laughs> um, and my team was pretty good. I, I guess I was part of that. Um, but as we started the season, when I was at, at uh, when I was at work, I stepped on a nail in the parking lot and I was in a fairly invincible way of mind, right? I didn't think anything could hurt me too bad. You know, I guess I was 16 years old. Uh, I thought if you know, I was shot by a bullet somehow it bounced off of me like it did on Superman. Yeah. And yeah. when I stepped on this nail, I came to my my boss at this grocery store and I told him, I said, well, I, I stepped on this nail and he's like, Oh, how do you feel? I'm like, well, it hurts. Um, He's like, did you have your tennis shot? I'm like, well, I guess. And he's like, well, get back to work. And (laughs) I I was not one to complain. I was not a complainer. I, I usually try to take one for the home team. And if he said, I think you should go home, I probably would have gone home. But instead, when he said, go back to work, in my mind, that was, Suck it up, your heroes like Isaiah Thomas, you know, Magic Johnson. They played hurt, you play hurt. So that's what I did at for a whole YMCA season. I went from kind of hopping on one foot to even taking crutches to my games.
0: You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors.
1: Do you have questions about your faith, Christianity, end times, or anything related to pursuing a relationship with God that need to be answered from anywhere in the world? You can tune in to stjohn316.blogspot.com, a blogspot where writer Douglas believes no question is too hard. With various links with Bible studies, devotionals, mission support, prayer requests, and end times, you can find all the answers you are looking for as Douglas uses biblical truth to lead you in the right direction. Search stjohn316.blogspot.com today. Bellwether Records, a Christian music and media company with the mission to expand the kingdom with a twofold approach: sell and promote music that evangelizes to the world and use the proceeds to fund the mission worldwide. Buy music, support the mission, share music, expand the kingdom. If you are an artist or just a fan of music, visit bellwetherrecords.com today to support the vision and further impact the kingdom. Come and see.
3: trying to do something that that looked like basketball you know uh w- w- with with my one leg and um that lasted for about six weeks before uh the the process got worse and my, my um my ankle became very sore the arch of my foot became very sore then it worked its way up to my knees then my hips then my lower back so by the time i started college because this was my you know my senior year i was Mm -hmm. going through the the summer after my senior year. By the time I started college, it was taking me hours. Like I would try as hard as I could, but it was taking me hours to try to roll out of bed in the morning. And the the pain levels were just through the roof. Um, So I remember going to our medical clinic at this university and the uh, doctor there told me, I, you know, I think you may have ankylosing spondylitis um, because I, I had actually poisoned. I had not intentionally, but because I, I was popping ibuprofen like they were candy. I had poisoned my body with ibuprofen. I was, I was,
2: hmm.
3: I think I was vomiting. I couldn't eat. I was in terrible pain, and he was telling me about his friend and how his friend was just confined to a bed. He couldn't get out of a bed out out of bed at all, and he was in terrible pain. His his back was fused together, and he was explained to me how they had been good friends. and He just looked at his friend with you know sadness that his friend couldn't do anything with his life. Um, so I began to see wh- where my life was headed as far as my health was concerned, because this disease that I found out I had about a year later, called ankylosing spondylitis, actually fuses your backbone. It fuses your lower back than it fuses your neck and it the 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 fusion goes uh, up to down down to up and you end up with what they call a bamboo spine so there's there's no uh segments between the vertebrae of your spine um and you know, the, the good news is at that point you're <laughs> you're in less pain but mm-hmm. um the body essentially attacks itself so i had one of these autoimmune diseases that a lot of people who have studied the subject do associate with with the shots, um, a child gets, um, so my, my life was going relatively well as I began to get on, on medications, um, uh, and until a couple of events happened. And, and the, the first event is what really led me on my search to define to God in a deeper way. And that was when I had moved off of campus with a friend who was a former offensive lineman with the University of Florida. And this guy was like 300 pounds. You know, I was 150 pounds. He was 300 pounds. I was sick. He was relatively strong uh, and relatively healthy. And he had decided to move in his his his, uh, girlfriend. She was a common friend. uh, But he began sleeping with her in the next room. And I was far from a holy person. You know, I, I was struggling with sins in my life. But I knew what he was doing was wrong, and uh, I wasn't going to let my own sins uh, take away from the fact that he was that he was bringing sin into this home, and um, I, I decided to finally make a stand because I, it was it was becoming more and more clear to me that God wanted something special from me in my life that He was allowing me to suffer in this terrible way uh, through this disease so i would start asking deeper questions like you know what what is this relationship god wants to have with me you know what 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 do i really have to do to get to heaven what what is this way of the cross that he's carved out for me um and then jehovah's witnesses started coming to my door around that time and they started asking me questions i really didn't have the answers and i'm like well I'm, I'm very stupid when it comes to the bible when it comes to my faith and I need to do something about this. So I, I started getting angry at myself, like, well, I, I really don't know God at all. And God has done so much just in those three years I was in college to to, to lead me through all of that terrible pain so that I, at least I could walk again from the, the crutches I was on and all the terrible pain I was in. Things were going relatively well. But once my roommate uh, started sleeping with his girlfriend in our in our house, I had to say something And I I basically said, uh, you know, um, I'm not comfortable having your, your girlfriend come over and and, and, and sleep here with you. Uh, And that just set him off. Like you wouldn't believe. And he said something to the effect that um, uh, next time your dad comes over here, he's going to be scraping you off the street with a, a spatula if you ever talk about my my girlfriend like that again um mm. so it was, it was pretty clear to me that he he may end up killing me um and i was depressed i like i that's the first time i remember sinking into like a what might be called a legitimate depression and my world completely changed just darkness and um anxiety so this is a little bit different from my childhood anxiety it was more like a shadow over my life.
2: Well, now your your safe place was invaded. Your your home was invaded, your safe place. So I can imagine. And in
3: and, 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 and multiple ways around that same time, it, it happened a little bit later, but I actually had, believe it or not, this is a kind of a bad neighborhood. I had kindergartners to fifth graders break into that same home and and steal from me and my roommate so you know my life was falling apart in different ways but i i knew i needed to stand up to my whether he killed me or not i knew i needed to stand up to him so the next night after he had threatened to kill me he said well um did you think about what i said and i i said yeah and he says well what's your answer to to the situation i said well i want you to move out and he couldn't believe that i said it (laughs) but uh, I started sleeping with a knife under my mattress just in case he did break in my room and I needed to get through that month. You know, he said he was going to move out and by God's grace, he did. Um, so I began seeking a Christian roommate and, tr- and trying to just purge my life from all the different sins I had gotten into, you know, li- living in a family, which I do consider now less than Christian. Um, but even more than that, this, this college, this godless college where, I would go to the, and see posters for uh, the, the, the satanic church, you know, come to mm-hmm. our satanic temple meeting tonight. So, you know, these are the sorts of things I was seeing at my, my college. And uh, I, I could see how the people there hated God. And I started saying, you know, like, look, I need to make this a big theme of my life. I need to find out what God wants from me. So, you know funny enough i graduated from college so quickly in three years instead of four years that i wasn't ready to present myself as a phd um student like you know there's these phd programs i wanted to study for psychology but i i I went through it so quickly i didn't really have any research experience and any papers that these these universities wanted me to have so all of them turned me down even though i had close to a 4.0 gpa uh, and some strong GRE scores, they all turned me down. And that was another you know, time of peace I kind of had to think about, wh- where am I going in this life? What does God want from me? So I, I started reading the Bible. Um, I ended up going to Missouri for the graduate program there. This is a master's program. And I'm like, oh, I'm in the Bible Belt now. So I got to learn about the Bible. <laughs>
2: That's funny. The last guest was had some spent some time in Missouri too, and I'm from Missouri, so I it makes me. Oh laugh. neat.
3: Okay, so I, <laughs> I was in Springfield. Okay, and um, yeah, so basically, what I was doing was going to every Christian uh, group I could on campus, and this year I'm a graduate student, right? So this is supposed to be pretty hardcore. like. But my brain was somewhere else. This is like maybe the first time in my life, like I, I just started being I don't I, it seems like I started being less responsible because I, I missed my first class, which I never would do normally. But you know, my, my health was a little rocky, and I, I did not have my head on quite straight. I misunderstood my schedule. I missed my first class for the graduate program. And as I started going through that program, I also started to realize, wow, clinical psychologists are so cold and calculating. <laughs> you know, like, I want to be a Christian psychologist. And there seems to be this sort of coolness and collectiveness you need as a psychologist that that I don't have because my, um, supervisor for my, my program, because I was actually counseling undergraduates as part of this practice program, but he was seeing, I was wringing my hands, I was fidgeting and they're all exam, you know, looking at me, um, behind this two way glass. And, um, finally after my second or third session, my, my supervisor said, look, Michael, I'm not comfortable having you continue this class. Um, I can give you a pass fail and you could retake it, blah, blah, blah. Um, But that's when I really, I took it as a sign from God that look, uh, people don't need in the end, people's ultimate cure uh, from their problems in this world is not uh, a measly psychologist, you know, and, and where I'm going to help people is not going to be simply as a psychologist. So I went to a, I started applying to seminaries and I, I thought i'm being called to be a priest and again i had so many questions in my mind about what that ultimately meant but that was my way of thinking like okay god wants me in a special way and it's not as a psychologist because i'm not it <laughs> doesn't seem like i have the talent as a psychologist but i am mm-hmm. attracted to the life of prayer and and helping people and um Interestingly enough, I could not stand Missouri because I didn't meet the residency requirement. Um, oh man, so
2: Missouri! I, yeah, <laughs> so
3: I, I wanted to go to St. Louis for the seminary there, which was probably not a good idea anyway. So I ended up back in Florida, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, well, I didn't have residency in Florida either. But uh, believe it or not, I couldn't find a good, you know, seminary in Florida either. Like you know. Uh, you, you know, if you look around, you'll find some colorful stories about what's going on on uh, most Catholic seminaries today. And um, I found a couple of friends in the in the process who also loved God, and they they loved the Scriptures, and I learned so much from them. Um, but I ultimately ended up in a place in Pennsylvania uh, at this very traditional seminary where they actually taught Latin and they taught Greek. Um, and I began to study Christianity in the most ancient way possible. Um, so fast forward two years, I had my biggest crisis of faith and that was, um, on a vacation with my family in Florida, because my family is based basically from Florida. Uh, we got hit in a a car accident, um, from the back. My back was already bad enough. My nerves My arthritis was already bad enough, but we got slammed in the back. Uh, These tourists weren't looking and they didn't realize that we stopped at the bottom of this hill because there's cars in front of us that stopped, And I got a good whack in my neck and everyone else seemed to recover from that pretty well. But since there's like no flexibility in my back and my neck, I went through the most severe pain and trauma that next year. And I'm getting bad food in the seminary anyway um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so to top it all off after about a year of just trying to hang in there from one minute it was literally from one minute to the next uh it got so bad you know from my sinful life i kept thinking like, i'm i'm gonna go to hell i'm gonna go to hell i'm gonna go to hell and like i just having these terrible thoughts and uh you know thoughts of committing suicide so this preacher came in and he was a former gang member <laughs> with a tattoo and everything. And he did not play around. You know, some of the seminarians thought they'd be funny and kind of poke fun at him and everything. And he was super serious. And this one guy you did not want to cross, but he preached about what is called the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And he seemed to spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time on hell. (laughs) And uh, my nerves were not good as it was, but when he just scared the daylights out of me talking about judgment and hell and uh, the tortures of hell, like Mm -hmm. I, my, my anxiety went to a whole new level and it was, it was almost like one second. Like I was just praying to get to the next second of my life, not just the next minute. And I, I remember I had a crucifix. I would try to sleep with my crucifix. I would just be, constantly constantly praying like god you know have mercy on me help me get through this and um in the end i went on a pilgrimage to lord so i've heard about a lot of miracles in lord france um people healed from uh like their arms literally growing back and Mm -hmm. uh having terrible disease like leprosy like going to the baths of lords and being cured of leprosy and all that and like you know what at the very least i need some hope So I went with a newly ordained priest, a friend of mine, and um, we found some cheap tickets and um, I went there and I went to the baths and I, I, I got, I, the biggest miracles. I ended up with some hope uh, because things were very, very dark for me in that time. Um, And in the end, my father found a way to get me some physical rehab at the local hospital where I began to move my neck again and my back again, I began to to do a little bit more in terms of walking, because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't it wasn't long before this. Uh, it's actually a third episode after this right? I ended up in a wheelchair. Um, so to make a long story short, even though things were looking pretty bleak in terms of my returning to the seminary, you know, I ended up with an ice pack on my hip, and we drove all the way from Florida to nebraska where the new seminary was and um things were looking really good because i got on a medication which the doctor told me at the uh, mayo clinic um was from hamster ova that's what he told me um in the end i found it had to do with it was developed from aborted human fetuses and he didn't tell me that at the time but um, the way he painted it so rosy, I'm like, yeah, let's try it. Mm. And I did so so well. Like I may have even played a little bit of basketball in the process. But I did so so so. My anxiety started to go down. I was still on an- I was on some anti anxiety medication. Um, but for about two years, I was doing well. And then a year and a half into it, again, my body started falling apart. So I had so much nausea. I was basically in bed for a month and I, I didn't put my feet down just maybe an hour a day. And that's when I lost my ability to walk. Um, so, um, this seminary in, in those last two years was also taken over by some very anti-Christian people. And they, you know, they guys themselves as, as Christians and believers and teaching us the right way. But in the end, um, they taught what's called modernism like this idea of you got to believe what the modern world believes and um they were trying to change everything and that that was i think is the reason why i became so sick it wasn't just this medication i was on that made me sick it was all the anxiety of seeing my whole faith being in a way torn apart by these these enemies of, of god um So I thought I'm going to go back and I'm going to show these people I'm going to recover from my illness and I'm going to become a priest. I'm going to do all these things, but my health was not strong enough to do that. I I left that place in a wheelchair, and that's when I knew I had to finish this final chapter of my life. It's like you know, does God want me to suffer for the rest of my life, or has He shown me a way where I can I can be healed? So, in that next year, when I realized I couldn't come back to the seminary. I found a book and it was by um, I believe his name is Jordan uh, Peterson. Um, it's called patient heal thyself. And it's a play on what Christ said of physician heal thyself when he, the Pharisees were criticizing him. Um, so Dr. Dr. Jordan Rubin is his name. Dr. R U B I N Dr. Jordan Rubin. Uh, I believe he's a messianic Jew but uh he was an, a prime time athlete like a much better athlete than i was uh, but he had a swimming scholarship to his school and something similar happened to him and i found out his teacher who i actually met later same thing happened to him too uh these stomach issues which ultimately turned into this type of rea- you know reactive arthritis or um crohn's disease and um he was at the brink of death. He, I think he had a, a temperature of like 104.9 at one point. And his father, who was a chiropractor, was trying to bathe him in, in uh, ice cubes and ice water to just keep him alive. And for him, finally, so I found this cheap book. It was $5 at the nutrition store. And I began to open my mind, like, maybe there's natural things God wants me to take. To take. And um, so his solution, the solution that he was given from his friend was... A bag of dirt. So his father was sent this bag of dirt, and this other doctor in California said, "Why don't you get, Why don't you feed your son these um, soil based organisms?" <laughs> hmm. So he's basically telling him to eat dirt, right? And if you look at the Mosaic Law and you look at the different things in the Old Testament and even the Talmud, which is a commentary on parts of the Old Testament. Uh, That's what the Jews were doing. You know, they they weren't, you know, washing their hands three times a day. Um, They weren't washing all their vegetables. Uh, They were eating a lot of of, of raw, even a lot of raw food. And um, they were definitely eating organ meats. And I began to seriously pray and think about, like, this way of life. This Dr. Jordan Rubin, you look at some of his pictures in his later books, and he became – Like uh, what I looked like, you know, I got down to 137 pounds at one point at six foot three and a half. Um, But you looked at him and he looked like a, you know, a Bosnian war victim. Or if you want to look at some of the pictures of these people who were starved in World War II, just getting out of their prison camps, Like that's how he looked. And that's how I looked. But then I looked at um, this transformation of him because he took pictures in the whole process. and, And it was like a year and a half later, maybe two and a half years. I think a year and a half later, he looked like of a weightlifter, maybe an amateur weightlifter. He looked so buffed, you know, Mr. Beachbody, like, how is this the same person? And then another year later, he looked almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) It's like, how did this man, he does not look like someone who has a terrible, you know, chronic disease, this terrible illness anymore. Um, So he was taking all these biblical principles about how to heal your body through, through food, and i began to buy us products and some of them work for me better than others but i i began to open my mind you know so 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 fast forward you know, the, the final part of my conversion and the healing of my body i believe which it was still a, it's an ongoing process was when i i met my wife um in australia and it's funny like i was i was kind of finding not not many women um who really cared that much about Christianity when I was on the local dating scene in Cincinnati. And I was kind of going on a, a, a single website for, for traditional Catholics. And, um, this girl, she kept showing up, she didn't have any picture, <laughs> no picture in her profile, um, uh, some sort of abbreviation like OCS for her country. I'm like, what in the world country is that? Mm-hmm. And, She was the only one who was left out of all the people I had messaged, all the people I tried to talk to. uh, She was the only one left who looked like any sort of prospect. So um, basically, she was receptive. And within a year, she wanted me to come and visit her. So I found out she was diametrically on the complete opposite side of the planet. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. She was in Perth, Australia. So it took me two days by plane to, to go visit her, you know, connecting through Tokyo. Um, and I I found out in the process that she her family was actually baptized by Saint Thomas the Apostle two thousand years ago. So in my mind, that meant she's always going to be an amazing Christian. But you know, we've had our problems. <laughs> um, but um, having that link to the apostles like was very like. It's very special to my faith. Um, I I, I messaged you earlier. I found out that even her neighbor is related to the people from Nazareth that came with St. Thomas to India to help him uh, Mm -hmm. in his travels. Um, So there's so many people who doubt the Christian faith and what Christ did and the resurrection. And it's so silly. Like when you look down, like people who have any sort of objective um, analysis of the situation of what? resurrection was about and what the apostles did and and even these historical linkages to you know to the apostles like there are still some people today who are related to the apostles or you know they're related to the people baptized by the apostles um and you know her family were were uh, um, hindus they were in the highest caste of hindus um the same caste that ended up killing saint thomas they they murdered him with a spear And I went to the actual cathedral where his body was buried um, there in Chennai, India. And um, and her family, so, you know, though it was nice to have a a link to Christianity, she was the missing piece to the healing of my my nerves was still very raw. And my body, I, I still dealt with a good amount of nausea here and there. and My inflammation could be out of control. But her family were Ayurvedic daughters. They, they, act, they were the doctors to the kings of India for hundreds of years. So mm-hmm. her last name means Dr. Badian. Um. So not only did she have a link to, to the apostles, but she had a link to the ancient medicine that, that had been practiced for thousands of years. Um, so I began to follow those principles, especially taking things like the turmeric, and cinnamon, and moringa, and I learned about all of these plants when I was there in South India, visiting with her family, and I began began to incorporate them into my diet, and I found when I could stay away from sugar and uh, keep these spices and these superfoods in my diet, my body can heal itself. Like I should be, for all all practical purposes, as severe as my, my spondylitis has been, I should be in some sort of medical facility. And I, and I've had doctors tell me, like you have the tightest hamstrings I've ever seen. Um, and they've also told me like, you, you, you should not be working. You should be, um, on, on, uh, SSI and collecting disability. Like they've all told me, I've heard that from, from at least one doctor, a pain doctor, who's a prominent doctor here in Cincinnati. But I believe myself and I believe so many other people, you know it i i don't believe it's a life that god wants us to lead like for the for the vast majority of people do, do we really want to be in this cycle of taking you know narcotic, narcotics and antibiotics and just destroying system after system in our body when our our body is the temple of the holy spirit and god wants uh, us to be you know he he gave us all these talents in this world does he really want us To sit back and let other people just take care of us because we don't have the energy to to make it to the next day or, you know, to be that sort of person in retirement who needs nursing staff taking care of them 24-7 a day and just being at the mercy of people Mm -hmm. who might force injections onto them, for example. You know, I, I really believed that God gave us what we needed, maybe in a simple way, maybe in a mild way. But to me, it became more and more clear as I studied, even the literature put out here in the USA from the NCBI, when, when you look at all the medical, there's thousands of studies about turmeric and, and hundreds and hundreds of studies about moringa. And you can see what's happening in the studies. You can see what this is doing for people, what it's doing for animals. Um, and so you know, why would you abandon something like you know moringa some people call it the most nutritious food in the world like why would you not take that but then take something completely experimental
2: mm-hmm. from this
3: group of people who that believe in the effects. population
2: yeah, yeah.
3: You know, so i you know that that was really the last phase of my of my conversion when i saw that god could heal my body and I don't have quite the amazing story that someone like Dr. Jordan Rubin has where he, he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger today, if he takes off his shirt. <laughs> but, um, at the same time, you know, I, I feel like I was brought from death to life. You know, I, I could work a half hour a day uh, at one point, And I was in a, in a, a wheelchair today. I have two jobs. I even have a farm and I have five little children. Um, and uh you know and, and i'm grateful so i you know suffering was a big message in the process that god gives us our cross that we need to carry and i do believe that's our way of salvation you know, these different challenges god you know the, the servant is not greater than the master uh, so i do believe god will give us our crosses he'll give, put pain in our life for a reason but i also believe he gave us so many tools where if we trust his way, we trust what's been proven through thousands of years of, of you know, what herbalists have given us and real doctors who are known for healing and not hurting people. Um, he can give us the strength to, to do our duties every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And this takes us into coconut country living. So tell us a little bit about what this is. Sure.
3: So when I first went to India, I was able to spend some time with my father-in-law and he was a very interesting person. Um, so he had the gift of gab, I think better than me. <laughs> and um, my wife gives me a hard time because he would, he became a millionaire by basically calling up people on the phone, like, Hey, do you want to buy this? <laughs> and um, he sold rugs to five-star hotels in India, but he also sold coconut choir. So he was, he was, you know, the the choir is the husk of the coconut and you can make rugs and all sorts of things from that. But he had some sort of relationship to this world of Ayurveda. You know, his his relatives were the Ayurvedic eye doctors to the, the, the kings of India. Uh, and I found out recently, like there's actually a street named after the doctor who healed um, one of the sons of the Indian kings. And, and this is my wife's family. They're in, in India. They're, they're still, there's, this is not the the, the big newspaper talks about the big indian there's two big newspapers in india and they actually talk about my wife's family and this article so um a seed was planted in my mind about uh, maybe i should do more to publicize these ancient ways of healing so fast forward about two or three years we had gone back to america And my wife gets a call one day, and sadly, you know, my wife's mother, she became a registered nurse. Again, they are a little bit more holistic oriented there in India, but still a lot of pill, you know, pill pushing, doing things the official way, Uh, a lot of people vaccinated. Um, Her father trusted his doctors. Again, these new medical doctors handing out, you know, psychotropics and diabetes medication. It seems like a huge Mm -hmm. percentage of my wife's relatives were on diabetes medications. And these are people like just over 40 years old. Uh, When I was there, her um, cousin, um, we met briefly. She died of a stroke just a year later and she was only like 42. She was pretty young. Um, So they're not the, the healthy people that they used to be but someone provided an opportunity for us to sell on Amazon. And I started thinking like, well, what could I sell on Amazon? I know a little bit about search engine optimization. Uh, What could I sell that could really help people? And I started thinking like, well, my wife knows about all these Indian spices. And I I saw so much improvement when I started taking these things. Maybe I could sell, you know, coconut products and spices of things my wife's family was known for on Amazon. Um, so that finally materialized, uh, basically prompted by this st- strange phone call. My, my mother-in-law called up my wife and she said, something's wrong. So I, my father-in-law had been to the hospital for a second time for dialysis, going to lead in a pretty inactive life, you know, a lot of medications. And she said, there's something wrong with his heart. And we never found out what happened. Uh, but he had pain in his heart right after this, uh, second dialysis and within, she told us to pray within two, three, four minutes, he was dead. And, um, it was one of the saddest moments of my life. Um, just, you know, we spent a lot of times crying on the way there to his funeral in India And when we were given that opportunity to sell on Amazon, I thought this would be a wonderful way to honor his legacy. Like, you know, these are people who they, they, they had the truth. You know, this is a terrible theme today too. Like, you know, we, we talk about places like Los Angeles and San Francisco and like, these are named after like angels and, and saints and, um, and the original Christians, in a way, like you know, the, all of these missions out west, and you look, you think about what those places are like today, and they're the complete opposite. They hate Christians. Like they'll, they'll mm-hmm. spit on you. Um, like these people um, who hold, uh, you know, signs that's you know say like, "Smile, you weren't aborted." <laughs> like they're they're getting spit on. They're getting their signs taken away. Um, just satanic attacks. Um, so you know. We're so far from the Christian faith and and so many parts of our society, but in a similar way, we're so far from the way of healing. It's like, you know, people don't understand that their body that God gave them has these enormous powers, even without miracles. We have these enormous powers to heal. And I thought, you know, my wife is still so sad. She she would talk to my, it seems like every day she would talk to my father-in-law, but she talked to him a lot. And they had such a rich tradition that they, in a way, they abandoned. And I thought it would be wonderful if if I could pick up those traditions and spread them here um, and introduce them to people who who need help and healing. And and that's what I've been doing, mostly through YouTube videos and articles but I've been sharing people uh, things about coconut oil and cinnamon and turmeric and moringa, all these different spices, really spices a lot of people use every day, mm-hmm. but how they can u- be used for healing. Um, and for for me, when I, I think about this terrible autoimmune condition, like, you know, so many people would say, oh, you need to be vaccinated. You need this. You need that. Uh, you need to wash your hands seven times a day. You need a mask. You need yeah, like... Yeah. Just by taking the spices, by, you know, hot tea with some coconut oil and ginger, all of these um, adaptogens that are already part of what God gave us, like, I, I've been largely healthy. I got sick twice, um, and I, I don't discount things like enemas. Like, these were very popular in the 1950s. Like, some of the most basic medical procedures that actually worked have been completely abandoned. And, and you listen to some of these people who know about these things and you're like, why, why, why were like, you know, cod liver oil and um, castor oil and enemas? Like why did people stop taking those things? Is it that they didn't work?
0: Because
3: mm-hmm. if you look at the stories, you look at the history, you look at the case studies, the, you, you could, you could heal for, for pennies. You know, some of these things you, you wash out your system and you could heal for pennies. So um so that's how I founded Coconut Country Living. The idea is, uh, you know, that part of the world, South India, Sri Lanka, it's considered coconut country. Um, um, where my wife is from in Kerala is actually considered the, the coconut capital of the world because it produces so much coconut. And interestingly enough, it also has a 99.9% literacy rate. <laughs> so there seems to be some sort of relationship. Like if you read a little bit about the keto diet and, and coconuts and what that does for the brain, it makes sense. those people would be so incredibly smart um, because they're they're giving their brains the food that it needs with all those coconuts and uh, you know dr weston price other people have um, studied these civilizations that have a you know big percentage of coconut in their diet well the american heart association um the fda they'll basically just put you out of business if you say the coconut oil is healthy. You study the history. You study these people's diet. You study the you know the, the studies that have been released, and um, it's hard to argue with it. You know these things t- taste great by themselves. You know mm-hmm. when you use them in different ways, but um, we you know I, I found that so many people, if they give it a chance, it's better to have those gradual improvements in your health and have a clear mind than to be doped up and to to. To make these big risks, you know, you think about the um, methadone, you know, uh, the, the the last couple of years when people were, were sold this bill of goods, you know, it's been a few decades now that these painkillers were a cure-all, like, oh, just take these and you'll, you'll be fine. And all these people are addicted not only to the painkillers, now they're on heroin. And again, why? Like, you know, was it really worth it to just get rid of that pain and not deal with the underlying cause? So, I I very much believe that Christianity is a rational religion, and everything needs to make sense. And uh, keeping our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit is all part of that.
2: And Michael, that's why I invited you here today, is to talk about your story, all the things that you've encountered in your life, And we're giving God the glory for all of these things. Even though you suffered, you're still looking at it in a positive way for our audience. They need to hear that. It's important to remember, you know, that million-dollar question, why do good things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Think, You know, this thing, and I think that you're answering that today, that the Lord gives us our cross to bear, and sometimes it can be used for His glory. And so, everything that you shared today, I want to point our audience to your website, coconutcountryliving.com. You can buy this on Amazon as well, like you said, and also your book on Amazon. Tell us a little bit more. Where can we find you specifically and your products there?
3: Sure. Um uh, with all the Elon Musk mania, unfortunately, recently I was banned from Twitter. I don't know why.
0: <laughs>
3: but um, uh, I guess like, it, was, like, it was an afterthought to ban us. But uh, I, you, you actually can find the Cuckoo for Coconut product on Twitter, uh, hmm. twitter.com slash uh, Cuckoo for Coconut with a, a four in it. Um, so that's Cook, C-O-O-K and then O-O, number four, Coconut, is our Twitter handle. But the rest are going to be Coconut Country Living on Instagram, on Facebook, um, even on YouTube. Um, our website is, is our blog. We also have a store there. So that's store.coconutcountryliving.com. The book that you're talking about is about turmeric. Um, so that's the book that briefly became um, the number one bestseller in this category. Um, and I talk about the history of turmeric and all of its amazing benefits you know, for, for our health, including body and beauty. And um, so that book is on Kindle uh, is also a, a physical book on, on KDP uh, and it's an audio book as well on audible. Now you can actually get that book free with any order of our, our turmeric. You can only find our turmeric on, on the store that store. Coconut country and in general, the rest of the products you can find on Amazon and our store. Um, mm-hmm. But uh you know, I'm, I'm happy to help whenever I can. I know it, a lot of people will talk about Christian principles and business. And I, I don't think so, at least some of these people really believe in Christianity, but they see the sense of the principles like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Like they understand, like they'll call it karma, uh, you know, what comes around goes around. But I I do believe by by helping people in the world, whether they're Christians or not, that God can use that. God can use that to to show them the the wonders of nature, the things he's created in this world, whether it's a human body or or these spices and coconut products, all the wonderful things they can do that you you think they wouldn't be able to do. Um, But, um, you know, if someone even wanted to email me, I'm happy to send the book for free. Uh, We appreciate your support um you know i think things will get rough for us all of us in the next three six months a year i do believe this digital currency is going to become public it's going to roll out of its 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 phase trial and and uh whether it's coconut country living or any other businesses that you appreciate especially christian businesses we have the the ichthu symbol on our logo um because we want to make our public profession for christ But any business you can support now, I I would do so because I think the time is short. There'll there'll be a time when we can't spend normal money anymore. I I think those times are coming soon.
2: Well, Michael, thank you so much for all the things that you shared today once again. And if I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate that. Sure.
3: Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we've spent with you and all the ways you've led us in our life. Um, From our childhood, you've given us signs and wonders and hints about what we need to do to reach you and spend eternity together with you, with all of your saints and angels. Um, We thank you for giving us a mind to think and a body to take care of. We want to be good stewards and use the talents you gave us in this world and multiply them uh, either by making the best of our own lives or helping other make it the best of theirs and uh, we ask for your healing our, our healing of spirit and of, of body uh, give us the strength to do what we need to do to profess your holy name and bring others into your kingdom amen
2: amen
0: you've just listened to the faith and family fellowship podcast